Hello, and welcome to the Roam Around League podcast. I'm your host, former NFL scout, Tyler Roman. In this week's episode, we're going to look at fantasy football, specifically preview the Washington football team and Baltimore Ravens' top performers for the upcoming season. Looking at the guys to draft and what to expect from this year, I think there's going to be some breakouts and sleepers to be considered for both teams. Both teams have high expectations for this year, and they have a lot of guys that will contribute to their team's success on the field and for your fantasy teams. So all that being said, let's get started. Start with the Washington football team here. Quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick, the presumed starter for the Washington football team. You know, I think he can be a top 20 quarterback play this year. He has a lot of weapons at his disposal this year. You know, with Terry McLaurin, Antonio Gibson, Logan Thomas, Curtis Samuel, J.D. McKissick, Adam Humphreys. You know, Cam Sims guys, you know, that I think really will step up for the Washington team this year. In the last few years when he's had a chance to play, you know, especially in Miami in 2019 and 2020, he's been a top 15 play consistently when he's getting those starts. And, you know, he's had some good weapons there, whether it be Devontae Parker or Mike Gusecki. Um, but, you know, I think he's going to have even a better supporting cast going forward this year for the Washington football team. Fitz is a guy that I think can throw for 4,000 yards this year and 25 touchdowns plus, maybe get close to 30. Um, I think he's still, you know, he's going to still have, you know, 12 to 15 interceptions. I, I think his fumbles will be down. He's had pretty solid ball security throughout his career. Um, so when you think about points taken away, you know, interceptions and fumbles obviously will cost him a little bit. I think interceptions more than fumbles. Um, but, you know, I think he's going to be a solid quarterback, too, you know, for fantasy players this year. I don't think he should be your main quarterback, you know, this year starting. Um, but I think he's a really good matchup-based play, you know, especially if Washington has a good matchup to go against a porous defense. I think Fitz would always be a quality top 10 start that in those instances. Uh, and someone that you could be confident in, you know, starting, um, like I said, a matchup-based. Or QB2, let's say you guys have someone on a buy or injury, I think Fitz, you could do a lot worse than Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, I think he's going to have a, you know, overall really solid year for Washington and be a good starter for them on the field and in, you know, have occasional success in the fantasy football realm as well. Now, Taylor Heineke, obviously, is the other quarterback option for Washington. By all accounts, Fitz is the starter. He should be the starter. I think Heineke definitely has some, you know, some stuff to him that he could be a good quarterback or at least an average quarterback play for the Washington football team. And, you know, fantasy-wise, if you if he somehow becomes a quarterback for Washington and starts a few games or takes over Fitz, whether it be for injury or poor performance, you know, Heineke's a guy that probably not worthy of a pickup. You have to see what he does first. You like that he has a running capability to his game. Um, so you have a guy that will consistently give you a few points here and there to give you, you know, 30, 40 yards rushing. Um, but, you know, definitely I think Heineke's not a guy you would consider even if he is somehow starting some games for Washington. Next for Washington, you have to look at Antonio Gibson. Running back, I think he's going to be the absolute true breakout player for this year for the Washington football team, you know, on the field and fantasy purposes. Um, I think with a fully healthy 16 games, I think he can have 1,800 yards from scrimmage between rushing and receiving. I think he can easily eclipse 12,000 yards rushing. I think 15 to 20 touchdowns are in play as well. I mean, he scored 11 touchdowns last year, not even playing a full slate. Um, and this year with you know 17 games and hopefully being healthy, hopefully that too is he's past that injury. I know he's mentioned it recently in many camps and OTAs, but it seems like it's getting better for him, something that hopefully won't bother him come September. But Antonio Gibson has all the tools. Um, he's going to be more involved in the pass game this year. Uh, by all accounts, he's, he has a talent for it, obviously being a former wide receiver. He's only going to get better at running back as he has more experience. You could see it even last year, the first five, six, seven games. 
he was definitely still learning and that second stretch of the year is when he really took off when he you know saw his cuts better recognized the gap scheme the team was trying to run and had a better feel for it and he's only gonna get better for it as he has more reps and more you know time to acclimate to the running back position so you know like i said i think 1800 yards from scrimmage total whether it be 12 100 rushing 600 passing excuse me receiving i think gibson's gonna be a guy that's gonna be a true running back one in fantasy and i i, I wouldn't hesitate to take him you know, maybe in that second round range and have a guy that you think can you know be your bell cow here from the fantasy perspective i think antonio gibson is just gonna be one of the most approved players in the nfl this year as long as his toes okay and he can stay healthy next for washington wide receiver terry mclaurin you know, Terry's a guy that's had great success in his first two years, almost going over 1,000 yards his first year, over 1,100 last year, even, and that's even with missing a game and having this carousel of quarterbacks with Haskins, Alex Smith, and Kyle Allen. So Terry, I think this year is going to be his true breakout year where he solidifies himself as a top 10 wide receiver in this league, not just in fantasy. I think he's a wide receiver one in fantasy. Um, I, I expect you know 80 to 90 catches, 1,300 yards, 7 or 8 touchdowns with Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's going to give him consistently some chances to um, get the ball, make plays after after the catch with his abilities. So I think Terry is a guy that, you know, like I said, not even just fantasy-wise, he's going to be solidified as top wide 10 receiver to be considered in this league. You know, up there with guys like Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, and Julio Jones, and Justin Jefferson, guys like that. I think, you know, Terry's going to be more considered with those guys, especially even his own draft class from DK Metcalf and A.J. Browns of the world. So, you know, Terry's a guy that... He stayed relatively healthy, and now he has a quarterback that at least doesn't has a doesn't have a tendency to not throw the ball down the field. Fitz is gonna give him some chances, and that's something Terry's never had. Hopefully, he just has some consistency at that position. It's the only thing that Terry's been lacking um, to put up those numbers these first two years with that carousel was you know borderline unbelievable. Um, considering AJ Brown's had consistency from Ryan Tannehill, DK's had you know, Russell Wilson, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. So I think Terry is really going to show what he can do with a guy that consistently has a rapport with and can build with and go from week to week to have consistent success. So I think he's a wide receiver one in fantasy this year and a guy that you know guys should be happy to draft in the first five round, four, four, fourth or fifth round in this year's fantasy drafts. Next, you have Curtis Samuel. You know, he's a guy coming over from Carolina. I think he's going to hit up another level of production, you know, coming into his own. Only going to be 25, I think, next month. And going to a familiar offense with um, Scott Turner. You know, Curtis is going to get the ball in a lot of ways. I truly think that Scott's going to use him like a chess piece in the backfield, in the slot, on the outside. So I think Curtis is going to be a guy that hopefully gets 10 carries a game. He's going to be 10 touches a game, whether it be carries or receptions. Um, I think he's going to be a consistent flex play for people to consider in fantasy just because he is the number one option in this um offense whether it be terry and gibson he's he's behind those guys maybe even logan thomas on certain games so but curtis is a guy that i think can explode from 100 yards perspective all purpose yards in a game no 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 problem he's gonna have some weeks where he's gonna give you 20 points a game but obviously it's going to be that tendency to figure out what those matches are going to be it might be a guy that makes you pull your hair out just because you're like you start him one week and he doesn't gives you four points but if you sit him on your bench next week he can give you 15 to 20 so that is a little perplexing when you have a guy like that but curtis is definitely a guy that should be on some rosters and you know be considered of a worthy flex play every week next you have logan thomas the tight end coming off his true breakout year last year over 600 yards 70 catches um i think he's gonna have another really good year for washington i think those numbers and targets might go down a little bit just because they added a guy like curtis samuel and antonio gibson and um, guys like that 
it's going to take some of those targets away in the middle of the field. So I think Logan still is, you know, worthy of that, you know, borderline tight end one conversation just because there's not many great tight ends in this league right now, at least from a fantasy perspective. So uh, Logan was definitely a number one tight end those last, you know, six or seven weeks of the fantasy season. I think he can have put up those same quality of numbers this year, especially, like I said, with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Fitz has been a guy that likes to throw to tight ends, and Logan's going to be someone that I think he's going to build a rapport with quickly. Um, another running back, you know, J.D. McKissick, I think he's a guy that you consider in PPR leagues, pump of receptions, because he had 80 catches last year. I don't think that's going to be the same number, because when he had a guy like Alex Smith who tar- checks the ball down a lot, sort of J.D. was getting a lot of those points from. I think J.D. still you know, can give you 50 catches a year, you know, 50 carries. He's going to make some plays for this Washington team. He's going to probably be someone that's more valuable to the team in real-life situations than his fantasy. But if anything, J.D.'s a guy you would look at in pass per, point, per, point per reception leagues. The other wide receivers to consider would be Cam Sims, Deami Brown, Adam Humphreys. Probably not guys you would roster. Guys that you consider, you know, maybe they get a role. You know, Cam Sims had a nice second half of the year last year. So he could be someone, if he builds that same rapport with uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, maybe he continues to get those number of wider, wider, two, wider receiver two reps for Washington football team. So he could be a guy. This is more of a wait-and-see approach with him. Same thing with guys like Deami Brown, Adam Humphreys. I expect Adam Humphreys to be the slot receiver for this team, but I don't see him to have a big impact fantasy-wise. Deami Brown's going to be a guy that if you're a sleeper league, to me a dynasty league, I think Deami Brown's a sleeper to consider. I think he's going to be the number two receiver coming in 2022 for the Washington football team. He has all the talent to do that. Great deep threat. He's going to make some plays this year as well. But, you know, with a guy like Camps is ahead of him, and bigger receivers ahead of him, like Antonio Gainey-Golden or Calvin Harmon, if they make the team, Yami might not get all those reps right away in 2021. But if, like I said, if you're in a sleeper, you know, dynasty league, I think Yami Brown is someone to consider. Talking about the Washington defense, you know, another, I think you could be confident starting them this year. They had a really good second half of the year. They have all the talent with Chase Young, Montez Sweat, and, you know, the names go on in the front four with Jonathan Allen, Jaron Payne, and now they have Jamin Davis, a linebacker, good secondary, William Jackson, Kendall Fuller. I think it's a defense that's going to do really well this year, give you, you know, a solid 8 to 10 points a game at least. You know, they're going to cost some turnovers this year just for that pass rush, going to get some interceptions for guys like William Jackson and Kendall Fuller and Cam Curl. So that's a team that I would, you know, years past and not, it would only be matchup based. I, I think Washington defense is someone that you consider to have to start on a weekly basis because they have all the talent in the world to make some plays and you get the turnovers that are so vital for success when having a defense and fantasy perspective. And if you're in an IDP league, you know, individual defensive player, guys, I would consider it be Jamin Davis. I think he's going to be a tackling machine for Washington this year. Um, Chase Young's going to get some sacks. Montez, Montez Sweat's going to get some sacks. Um, you know, my philosophy in fantasy, I like to go after linebackers because usually you get a point for each tackle. So I like to go with tackling, how about high volume tackle players? And I think Jamin Davis is going to be that yet this year for Washington. So I think that's someone to consider. Cam Curl as well. He got a lot of tackles last year when he was able to become a starter. Even a guy like Landon Collins. Um, and obviously, Cam Curl can give you some points for interceptions as well. I expect him to have another three or four this year. So IDP wise, I, I try to look at linebackers. So I think I like Jamin Davis. I think would be my number one choice when it comes to that. Can he give you consistent some points there? And obviously, Chase Young is going to have his flash weeks where he has a couple sacks, force fumbles that can you know, really help your team out as well. Moving on to the Baltimore Ravens. Obviously, it starts with quarterback Lamar Jackson. You know, he's a top quarterback option in the fantasy world. This is rushing alone, back-to-back thousand yards rushing season. You know, in my fantasy experience, I love to have a running back, excuse me, a running quarterback because it's points that you can count on. 
you know, 50 to 60 yards a game, five, six points, rushing touchdown, six points. So, you know, Lamar is a guy that I always consider in those top five quarterbacks to, to you know, start a team with in your fantasy respective. He had a little bit of a down year last year, for at least from a fantasy, um, you know, angle of it. Just because, you know, he didn't play as well in the first half of the year. But I think Lamar's going to bounce back. They're going to try to make him open up the offensive more. Maybe expand his, you know, passing. Or they're going to put him on the center more rollout game. I think Lamar can do that. And I think it's really going to help him because, you know, it's going to make defenses expect him more, suck up to the middle of the field. And he should have, you know, more throwing lanes to hit that second level of the, you know, the defense. So I think Lamar's a guy you should be happy to get, you know, maybe in the sixth or seventh round, maybe a little earlier. Um, because I think he's going to have a nice bounce back year for Baltimore. You know, he is one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL, definitely the best running quarterback in the NFL. So Lamar is a guy that you really should try to look out for early in the draft if you're looking for that, you know, combo quarterback with passing and running to their game. And running back J.K. Dobson should be their lead running back. Really talented player from Ohio State going into his second year. I think he's going to be a breakout player for them. You know, he was staring carries last year with Mark Ingram and Gus Edwards, but J.K. should be the number one guy. He had a great career at Ohio State, like I said, and he has all the talent in the world to be that lead back. I expect a thousand yards rushing from him. Another three or four hundred yards receiving. He's he's expanded on his receiving game last couple of years at Ohio State, and he was next his rookie year in Baltimore. So J.K. Dobbins is a guy that I think can be an RB one in fantasy most weeks, but I think he's a solid RB two to have and you know draft semi early in your fantasy drafts because he, by all accounts, should be the lead dog in that Baltimore backfield. The other running back to consider is Gus Edwards. He's been more of a goal, goal line situation running back for them the last couple years. I think his role is going to expand now. He's truly, you know, a top two running back for them with marking him out of the picture. Last year, he was kind of that third guy. But Gus is a guy that gets you tough runs. Really good, you know, in-between-the-tackle runner. So he's going to have some games, too, where he's going to have, you know, 67 yards and a touchdown. Someone to keep on your roster. Definitely, you know, not going to be a consistent starter for you. For flex play, if you're in a pinch, you know, Gus is someone to consider. Maybe J.K. Dalvin struggles, which I don't expect. Or if he gets hurt, Gus Edwards definitely is going to be that number one running back for them. And that that's when you consider him an RB2 in fantasy. Looking at their receivers, you know, Marquise Brown, I need to see more consistency out of him on the football field and in fantasy. He's a guy that, you know, can go catchless or one to two catches a game and you can get one point from him. Or he can have, you know, a long touchdown and 100 yards total on a touchdown. So, not someone that you want to count on all the time. Definitely, you know, is a rosterable, you know, to be on your roster, to be considered for that flex spot. I don't think he's a wide receiver one or two in fantasy. Um, maybe he proves me wrong in his third year. You know, has a little breakout with Lamar if he develops his passing game. But as of right now, I don't think Marquise Brown is someone that you consistently can rely on to start for you. Next wide receiver would be Rashad Bateman. You know, the rookie receiver first rounder this past year in 2021. I like him as a little breakout candidate. I've loved him in Minnesota. Remind me of Allen Robinson. Um, bigger receiver with a good route runner. Really good hands. Um, had the knack for a you know, highlight play. So I think Bateman's going to be a guy that Lamar clings to. He's a bigger receiver, bigger target to consistently you know, give him 50-50 balls. But I think Bateman might eventually be the number one receiver in this offense. And it might happen this year, maybe halfway through. But Rashad Bateman's a guy they consider. I would keep him on my roster. Um, I think he, you know, another guy to consider flex, you know, flex play. Definitely want to see how he plays in the first couple weeks. Might want to get him on your roster earlier than other people, just because I think, you know, a breakout could come for him, you know, around that week five or six when he gets more, you know, custom to the NFL speed and stuff. So Bateman's a guy that's number one, the receiver I would want. And thinking about Baltimore Ravens receivers, he would be a guy I would definitely try to get. Another other couple receivers, Sammy Watkins, the free agency addition. Same as a guy that, you know, 
even last couple years, he starts off really well for Kansas City, maybe a couple back-to-back 100-yard games, teases you to be like, oh, it's my wide receiver too in fantasy. But Sammy just consistently gets hurt and has those up and down weeks. So I, I don't think it's another guy. I, don't, I probably wouldn't roster him if you did. I wouldn't have too much high hopes for him. Another guy that you would only really consider for flex play consideration. Um, Sammy has all the talent in the world. I'm not taking that away from him. It's just he's consistently been injured, and even then his production hasn't always been the greatest when he gets the opportunity. But you know, here he's going to have you know some not have to fight with as many people for targets that he's in Kansas City. So maybe Sammy has a breakout. You know, maybe he has some of that delivers some on that potential that made him a top you know ten pick you know back in 2014. So. The other two receivers, Evan DuVernay and Miles Boykin, other guys that are not really rosterable going into next year. DuVernay's a speed guy coming out of Texas, going into a second year. Lamar, he's going to probably have some flash plays here or there. Again, not really considered to be someone to count on a fantasy. Miles Boykin, really another high weight speed guy, 6'4, really nice combine a couple years ago, 4'4 speed, but hasn't really put it together yet in the football field. Maybe he gets more shots this year. Um, to develop and be maybe their second wide receiver there in Baltimore, but now with Bateman there, he might have lost that shot. But Boykin's another guy. Again, I probably wouldn't consider him in fantasy purposes. Now, tight end Mark Andrews, that's definitely someone you want to consider. You know, he's a tight end one for sure. He's been Lamar's favorite target the last two years. Uh, someone you can count on to consistently give you probably six to ten points at least. Um, definitely big in the red zone for Baltimore. Lamar, you know, keys in on him in the red zone situation. So Mark Andrews is the guy you want to get uh, to be your Definitely, you should feel comfortable with him being a your starting tight end in fantasy. And you know, Mark Andrews is a good player in the NFL, and he's a good player in fantasy. And I would definitely try to get him, you know, that eight to nine round range to you know be your tight end one. Talk about kickers. Let's talk about kicker Justin Tucker. Justin Tucker is the best kicker in the NFL. Probably the best kicker to have in fantasy because he consistently makes really all of his kits kicks. It's kind of surprising when he misses. Um, obviously, he's going to hit those extra points. That's an extra easy point for your for your teams. Um, fantasy wise, you get three points field goal. I think it's four in some leagues for 40 yards up, five points for 50 yards up. Justin Tucker has been absolutely clutch 50 yards up. It's automatic. So Tucker's a guy. If you, I don't like to pick kickers until the last two rounds, but Tucker, if you want, you know, some extra points, maybe you know the last four or five rounds, you could start considering him just because, you know, kickers are a good way to get some easy points, you know, before you know it, if he, Justin Tucker was making makes two 50-yard field at a 10 points right there, so not that they're invaluable, but I, I kind of think they're a dime a dozen here or there, but unless there's a guy like Justin Tucker, who clearly is you know, probably top two kicker in the NFL, so Tucker's a guy, definitely you would want on your fantasy team as your kicker. The Ravens defense, another team that you could roster and, you know, consistently start week on a week-to-week basis. Obviously, they have a great secondary with Marlon Humphrey and, and Marcus Peters and Ch- uh, Chuck Clark at safety and Patrick Queen's up-and-coming linebacker. Their pass rush leaves a little bit to desire, but Baltimore always is there when it comes to forcing turnovers. Um, you know, maybe I would like I, you could you know, start them on a week-to-week basis, but sometimes they can't be matchup-based. Um, but like I said, I think they have enough playmakers on that back end to get you some points and turnovers um like i said sacks have left a little bit to desire they did you know spend a first round pick there i have ode Uwe from penn state so maybe he becomes a pass rusher for them at the end of the first round but um you definitely want to see some more production from them from pass rushing to you know get those extra points and sacks when it comes to individual defensive players I think Patrick Queen, like I mentioned earlier, is an up-and-coming linebacker in the NFL, another LSU, LSU guy. He's going to be, I think, maybe a top-10 linebacker in the NFL this year. I um, love his side-line-to-sideline ability. He's a good coverage linebacker as well. He's a guy to consider. And IDP leads Marlon Humphrey as well. 
he's a good tackling corner. He makes interceptions, and he's the Charles Tillman of the new NFL generation of corners. He loves to you know poke the ball out and consistently forces forced fumbles. So he's a guy to consider if you want a IDP from a cornerback perspective. Marcus Peter consistently has you know four or five interceptions a year with a pick six or two. So another guy to keep on your radar. But you know Patrick Queen and Mar- Marlon Humphrey would be the main two guys if you were looking for an IDP from Baltimore's defense. Well, with that, that will conclude this Roman League episode. You know, fantasy football drafts are right, right around the corner, so I'll try to put out some more you know, fantasy football-based podcasts as they approach. I think you'll be able to find some important contributors to your team from the Washington Bowl team and the Baltimore Ravens this year. Guys like Jackson, Lamar Jackson, Antonio Gibson, Terry McLaurin, they can all help you, know, you win your league. You can follow me on Twitter at NFLScout21 and Instagram at RomanAroundTheLeague underscore pod. Thanks for listening. Please rate and subscribe. This is your host, Tyler Roman, signing off. See you next time.